0: copy
1: sorry sorry copy copy this this is this is the poor pearls almanac i am your host andy and i'm lovingly joined by my brother from another mother my co-host elliot
0: lovingly i'd never considered lovingly a strong word
1: until right now come on
0: all right fine we'll we'll say likably.
1: likeably does that Ugh. fit no it's not not approved Uh, I I am very excited for today's episode.
0: You sound like the podcast Energizer Bunny, except, you know, you're dirtier with a penchant for stronger drink.
1: You know, just get on my level.
0: Is that ground level because you're a farmer or...
1: Ha! So today we're talking about something really important. Not that we never talk about anything important. Everything we talk about is really important or, you know, we wouldn't talk about it.
0: Yeah, no cutsies for our unimportant things before we talk about, you know, how to grow a tomato or something.
1: You know, the day we do that episode, like, man.
0: I'll probably be old or close to dead because we'll be sitting on a steaming pile of niche farming content by then, I'm pretty sure.
1: Niche farming content? Uh, no, seriously though, it is on the five-year plan.
0: There's a five-year plan? You've been reading up on Stalin? You have, haven't you?
1: I know it's the end of winter. No, no Stalin. Don't worry about it. It's it's fine. So today we're talking about the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, or for the loaded academic title, the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, the story of rich people doing rich people's shit, which means pretty much doing shit pretty fucking badly and bribing everyone into pretending it wasn't shit.
0: I'm guessing it's too late to trademark that slogan or mission statement or whatever, isn't it?
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, think about the bumper stickers. It'd be great. So, let's talk about this Green Revolution.
0: Ooh, let me guess again wildly here, like I do. This revolution is not a revolution about liberation or self-determination, but a revolution more like the term of cyclical rotation, being spun back to a new green beginning of a system that can be exploited.
1: Well, my good friend Elliot, my good lovingly friend I can't work that in. Anyways, so... It's likably. There are many words that you could likably, my likably brother from another mother, Elliot, there are many words that you could use to describe this, as we'll call it, Agra. Yet, out of all of those words you could use, and there are quite a few, not one of them really would be the word revolution. In terms of Agra, it's an organization, well, yeah, we're going to find out. Their website describes the organization as, and I quote, an alliance led by Africans, now my words, we're going to talk about that, with roots in farming communities across the continent. We understand that African farmers need uniquely African solutions designed to meet their specific environmental and agricultural needs so they can sustainably boost production and gain access to rapidly growing agricultural markets. End quote. There's a lot of things in there we're going to talk about that don't play out quite like they claim. So this organization came to existence in 2006 through a partnership between the Rockefeller Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to fulfill the vision of an Africa that can feed itself, which, oh boy, imagine telling a continent they don't know how to feed themselves, as well as make significant contributions to feeding the world. A vision that is premised on a broad-based alliance of key stakeholders, including national governments, African farmers, private sector entities, NGOs, and, quote-unquote, civil society.
0: Well, this brings up first, Exhibit A. Everything humanitarian Bill Gates has involved himself with has historically been a success. So, I can see where this is going, I think, right?
1: Maybe. Maybe maybe not. We'll we'll give him malaria. Just about everything else, eh, but we'll give them malaria.
0: Okay, and then Exhibit B, nothing says let's give Africa self-determination like two American foundations showing up and throwing money around in a place that's got to be civilized because they don't have Coca-Cola and Freedom Fries.
1: Yeah. Or in this case, Freedom Seeds. Freedom Seeds, I like that. Freedom Seeds. And you know, it's not just two American foundations, but we see those names come up an awful lot And we're going to talk about that. So unfortunately, this is a two-part episode, so we're not going to be able to talk about all these things in the next, I don't know, 40 more minutes. But if you do enjoy this content, the next episode will be up really quickly. This is all framing up really the great experience and enrichment of lives that the Gates Foundation is just so well known for. Now, Agra in particular, they have a really bold vision, at least in the way they present their goals. They set really ambitious quantitative targets such as reducing food insecurity by 50% in at least 20 African countries. Further, they want to double the incomes of 20 million smallholder farms and develop policy and institutional frameworks that lead to sustained improvements in agricultural productivity in at least 15 African countries by 2020.
0: All right, so it's 2022, I think, right?
1: I I think. I'm pretty sure it's... It feels like 2020, but, you know, calendar. Yes,
0: it's 2022. What's our report card looking... What's the aggro report card looking like at this point? And I hope it's better than your report cards from back when.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's definitely not better than mine, and that's not great. So for a start at this point in 2022, so two years after their uh, 2020 goal, they're only working in 11 countries, which all right, you know, they set ambitious goals. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, before we even get into the expectations versus reality, I do want to talk about a few things that should set the stage for how this really plays out. The first is about what you're mentioning right now, accountability. If there's anything we know about the triangulated world of nonprofits, corporations, and governments is that accountability is incredibly thorough and these projects never lead to funneling money with, like, no results.
0: Never. I mean, who could imagine such an inefficient, bureaucratic behemoth of a thing not working?
1: And, you know, with Bill, he's had such a great track record of accountability, starting with his expensive work, making American public school education great again.
0: Is it great? Because I don't don't think we're using that word correctly, but I would know if my public education was better. No, I'm just kidding. I do know. Exactly. I do know it's not great.
1: Are you are you sure? I also. I, I feel like when we were in high school, and I know we're getting old now, but like I'm pretty sure Desert Storm was like active, and that had ended like 15 years before we graduated.
0: That's called the history book, man. You were so bad at school.
1: I mean, like it was still active. The history book was like, no, we don't know the end result of this war, but the United States is gaining ground, and then like Saddam Hussein laughed, and OPEC made a bunch of money in the end. Anyways. The first thing AGRA set out to do, and by first thing I mean like four years into its existence, so like one year in rich people time or four years for the rest of us, they set up the Farmer Organization Support Center in Africa, or FOSCA, and we're going to have a few acronyms, so don't worry about not remembering it. And this organization's point was to address the issue of accountability. Its aim was to, in quote, enhance access to high-quality, demand-driven income enhancing services by smallholders, especially women and youth, through strong farmer organizations. End quote. And god damn it, we are gonna talk about women and youth.
0: Didn't really know I was hungry for uh, an MBA word salad until you brought that up. So now I'm salivating for more.
1: Yeah, isn't it great? It's like so meaningful.
0: Uh, just give me more acronyms. I just love them
1: so much. Yeah, they're like tomatoes, like cherry tomatoes, those acronyms. Now with Agra This organization, which oversees FOSCA, this all falls under an economic umbrella policy framework called the Comprehensive Africa Agricultural Development Program, or CADIP, I guess. It's like Caterpillar, but short, which is established in 2003 by the Africa Union Initiative.
0: Okay, how many organizations are under other organizations, under initiatives, under collaborations, are we getting into here? Cause this sounds like a Russian nesting doll of money laundering and tax evasion to me. It does. I'm not even a smart person.
1: It it really sounds like, huh? If I wanted to hide money, I would do this. I'm not saying that's the case here, but this is one of the big problems of the NGO world. Is that you know when people talk about like the nonprofit industrial complex, they're not talking about your local nonprofit with the director who might not even be getting paid. They're talking about these organizations that are so convoluted and intermingling that it's impossible to figure out who's really funding it and how.
0: I mean, yeah, like I said, it smells like tax fraud and money washing to me, but how else do you fund freedom and guarantee election outcomes in other countries?
1: Right? Smells like Windows Vista. But let's back up just a bit. Now, Bill, let's teach the poors how to grow food, Gates, has a long history of trying to show those poor Africans how to exist on the earth. So it shouldn't be a surprise he's a major funder for Agro. Now, calling him a major funder, though, to be honest, is a bit of an understatement. The Gates Foundation is far and away Agro's largest funder, providing roughly two-thirds of the roughly $1 billion that the organization has received. The Rockefeller Foundation, more famously known for, you know, Funding Nazi research propaganda and then not even trying to fucking hide it. They also funded the first Green Revolution in the 1960s and 70s, which, based on the fact that Agra popped up 20 years later, should be a sign that it didn't go great. And they have been a partner from the start of this.
0: So it's like the who's who of a shitty, shabby, major NGO players ball. I get that. But I feel like not as much has changed in the last 50 to 500 years as we like to pretend.
1: It feels like that, doesn't it? Now, most of the rest of the support has come from international donors, the largest coming from, bum the U.S. government.
0: That is definitely a move by philanthropists, which is another word for rich people volunteering, not their time and effort, but money, because we have food insecurity right here in our own country, but to make it seem like we don't, we just sort of give away coffered money to the poorest in third world countries because we don't have those conditions here.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's complicated in a lot of different ways why this plays out. And there's obviously not a problem necessarily with like rich countries providing money to poorer countries in a quite literal sense. But there is a problem when that money is repackaged through like NGOs so that countries can just basically... Vain ignorance on how that money is being used or leveraged to get specific things in return. Especially when that country's own citizens can't afford, I don't know, like fucking insulin. Or a COVID test. Or textbooks for classrooms.
0: Or Terminator 2. Wait, sorry, that's from an old list.
1: Yeah, that's that's a callback right there.
0: But no, to confirm my point, I wasn't saying we shouldn't give money to other countries to help them out.
1: I was saying when we when we we should give them Terminator Two.
0: No, well, like
1: all of the VHS copies, just send them to Africa. I mean, it's it's an idea. I, I'm not saying it's a good or bad idea, but it is technically, by the definition, an idea.
0: Sure. Well, I will give you that. Um, Good job having them. It's good practice. We can do better next time uh, with that. We'll table it, okay?
1: What? Terminator 2?
0: Yeah. Sending Terminator 2 to help anybody? I think it's a great idea. Which Terminator are you sending?
1: It's upcycling. It's Terminator 2. You said that. Do you need to see Terminator to know what's going on in Terminator 2?
0: Um... No, they reference the stuff that happens in the first one enough where you don't really need to see it happen. See?
1: Perfect. Everyone's happy. And it works on building critical thinking skills, trying to figure out what happened in Terminator 1. Well, I
0: just wanted to say... I see no
1: negatives here. Okay. Fine. So, anyways, let's unpack some of these organizations, like the AU, which is the Africa Union Initiative, which present themselves as collaborations of African countries... And I think it's going to help us get a better understanding of who's behind these things, and why that's important to understanding what's going on in Africa.
0: So, Africa Union Initiative is called AU, not AUI. Yep. But it should be AUI.
1: I mean, I guess. I,
0: I want to get hung up on this. I'm going to get hung up on this because this you seems... never
1: get hung up on things.
0: No, this seems as stupid to me. As saying, an organization can't be run well if they can't even come up with an accurate acronym.
1: And I'm sure I'll wait. Be in an a- a- acronym,
0: accurate acronym,
1: acronym. Ac- I got, I got gotcha, you, bro. Acronym. That's
0: even more confusing than what I said.
1: It's an accurate acronym, acronym. Now I can't say it. You've ruined it. This is over. I'm sorry. We've we fucked up. Who let us do this? Um, this is
0: entirely your fault. Yeah. Go on.
1: So yeah. Let's take a look at the AU and how it was financed, and then we're going to go back to our good friends over at AGRA. While it's easy to focus on who, on paper, are supposed to be key funders, it's also more important to pay attention to the quality of that funding, which means things like predictability, reliability, and the quality of public finance systems are as decisive in which parts of the AU agenda are prioritized, what gets implemented, and how.
0: Okay, so to put this into terms that I can understand, it sounds like they created a bad housing association because they only pay attention to the kiss-ass tenant that pays rent early, and money talks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like if you gentrified a neighborhood and somebody can't keep up with the rent, but the yuppies that moved in pay every month. Now, there are basically two major sources of funding of the AU, and those are the African member states and donors both of these sources are kind of problematic in distinct ways. The way in which the funding sources are governed partly shape what gets prioritized.
0: Right. So depending on how much of this bill you're paying or how much you're donating, and if other people aren't, I guess you get like dibs on first seats at the table when it comes time to decide on what to do with that pooled money. Is that what you
1: mean? So for example, Despite the fact that African member states have agreed to make the AU stability a priority, they've only actually contributed approximately 27% of the spent budget per year on average.
0: So they're paying, like, just a tip.
1: What rich person tips 27%? Uh,
0: Catfish Hunter. Like the fish? No, the Major League Baseball player. He was number 27.
1: Wait, wait, wait. There was a dude named Catfish Hunter, like, on purpose? Wait, wait, wait. So I'm not sure if this gets better. Did he did he call himself Catfish Hunter or did his parents do it? Or did he do something really fucked up that led to people calling him Catfish Hunter?
0: I don't know. I I, I I don't know the story at all where his name came from. Maybe he was good at like noodling and that's where he got his pitching arm from, was he could pull up like catfish and his arm got all strong and then he could throw a ball <laughs> real hard. I don't know. <laughs> that's all made up i have no idea why his name was catfish hunter i think his name was like josh or rob or something
1: (laughs) josh fish hunter here at the raytheon technologies corporation we believe children are the future just not the ones on the other end of our products like our rim7 sea sparrow anti-aircraft missile system the most environmentally friendly anti-aircraft missile produced anywhere today We're mindful of our environmental legacy here, which is why today we're introducing a new line of pollinator-friendly stinger missiles. This lightweight, portable system includes a native wildflower mix that scatters upon impact. You're welcome, bees. Raytheon, pack a punch, plant a bunch. Anyways, the point is, donors have used their consistent contributions and their ability to increase contributions to drive specific projects, programs, and even organizations under the umbrella of the AU. Since the establishment of the Organization for African Unity in 1963, and later the AU, their main donors, primarily Africa's former colonizers and the European Union, who obviously had nothing but goodwill here, had a dominant position in providing external financial and other support to the Pan-African and sub-regional organizations, such as the regional economic communities.
0: Right. It ain't colonialism when you greenwash it to save the earth and farming and stuff.
1: To teach those poor people how to farm. So fears have arisen that members are concerned that the organization is more concerned with the donors than the member states. Some member states openly raise questions about skewed accountability relations towards donors. For donors, this includes a concern to use their partnership for social capital and to explore ways of partnering with donors such as This is going to be a surprise. The United States, South Korea, the EU, Turkey, China, and the World Bank.
0: So they were put in a position where it was either give us good branding or help us find new ways to exploit you.
1: Or we will fuck your day up.
0: Right. And that's exactly how you conduct all business. I see no problems here.
1: They were businessmen doing business things.
0: Right. And everybody wants a slice of the pie and quid pro quo except with pie and, you know, growing. Pies on farms in Africa.
1: Exactly. That's what everyone wants. That's what they say about Africa. Big pie country. We've been, I guess, like dancing around this idea that farming is like this thing that's worth investing in theoretically and worth taking control of African politics. So let's talk about the agricultural sector a little bit. Now in Africa, as a continent, the agricultural sector generates 40% of the gross national product, 40% of exports, and 70 to 80% of employment. However, between 1960 and 2005, grain yields have only increased by 60%, compared to, say, 220% in East Asia. Food production per capita in 2005 was actually 15% less than in 1960. In the same period, Africa's share in agricultural exports declined from about 15% to 3%. And it went from being a net exporter of agricultural goods to a net importer Mostly from, dum the United States.
0: All right, things weren't going steady or even getting better. They were actually on the decline. And when did Agroform, it was
1: 2006? It was 2006. And again, remember, our good, good friends, the Totally Not Nazis over at the Rockefeller Foundation also was involved in this.
0: So the timing seems important. Sort of like a knave in shining armor with red and white stripes and a shit ton of stars.
1: Yeah, and we don't really have a lot of time to talk about why things got worse over that period. (coughs) Rockefeller Foundation. And it's long and complicated, and it also is a reminder of what your continent does on capitalism, but let's, you know, just put that on the back burner for a minute. And let's bring this back exactly to your point. Basically, we see continental-wide organizations being funded by countries who are mainly responsible for the state of much of Africa, plus China trying to buy influence, which then funds numerous smaller organizations that are not only funded by these same outside players, but oftentimes by the billionaire classes, which basically have as much money as most of these countries, or pro-capitalist foundations, which then further funnel money to organizations like, say, the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa. And when things, let's say, don't cause a green revolution, it's just a chance to start a new NGO. Their new partner, the Partnership for Inclusive Agricultural Transformation in Africa, or PIATA, which is an alliance between the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the United Kingdom's Foreign, Commonwealth, and Development Office, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the United States Agency for International Development. This new organization, and I will quote from their website in a second, argues that they developed strategies, in quote, for transforming agricultural systems by driving integrated delivery within agroeconomic zones and across value chains for enhancing in-country coordination and for deepening engagements with the private sector to transition African agriculture from subsistence to sustainable business occupations, end quote.
0: Oh, damn, I'm full off of this NBA word salad. Which is basically explaining, faking, setting up ways to get food from the farms to places in Africa from Agra through Piata.
1: Agra Piata. Agra Piata. Hey, hey. Take that, Snape, or whatever. It's fucking anti-Italian-American discrimination.
0: And Harry Potter at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So how is any of that different than just what Agra had set out to
1: do? Exactly, like- At this point, it should make you really start thinking about how much do these organizations actually care about Africans? Like, just curious.
0: I mean, I guess that depends. What's the opposite of infinity?
1: Like, outfinity?
0: (laughs) You were so bad at math. I think it's no.
1: Fine. You know, you hate me like Bill hates black people procreating. You know that?
0: I mean, I I didn't know that. Do you think he hates black people or do you you think... He hates, no, do you think he thinks black people don't know what's for their own good?
1: I'd say it's somewhere on that spectrum, depending on like how many wine coolers he's had.
0: He does seem like a wine cooler guy. And hey, there's nothing wrong with a wine cooler or a spritzer, but I don't know. I could just picture him lightly gripping one of those Bartles and James wine coolers with like the lava lamp shape. You know what I'm talking about to the bottle?
1: Oh, hell yeah. I can see Bill gatekeeping at the Malibu Country Club. I don't know. Isn't that like a play? Isn't there a Malibu brand wine cooler or something?
0: Malibu is coconut rum that makes me choke and gag because I had a bad experience on it once, and I'll I'll never go back.
1: Any- <laughs> Anyways, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the money behind these organizations, and to be frank, more than I wanted to. But it's complicated, and while we could just say it's complicated and move on, I do think folks try to hide behind complexity, and I really wanted to detangle this clusterfuck just like a little bit because I think it's worth seeing. Really, what's behind the smoke and mirrors? And once you start digging through the organizations and seeing the same names repeatedly come up, the United States government, the Bill Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the United Kingdom, France, all these same countries and these same organizations, I think it begins to become really evident what the hell's going on. So now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about the first thing, and that's their promises to lift people out of poverty with things like improved crops, technologies, and so on.
0: All right. I'm going out on a proverbial African Farming Association tree limb to say that they didn't make a dent in that mission statement.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So you are in for it. You ready? I'm ready. I don't think you're ready. I'm ready. They didn't they didn't make a, a they might have actually made it worse so shout out to tim wise for doing the dirty work we'll be talking about and basically exposing the failures of Agra because these organizations work really hard to make things look good and keep the money rolling in not that they really care too much but they like to look good and they do get money from outside of those key stakeholders Now, Tim took a look at the evidence that was provided in some of the documentation recently after years and years of giving no information on the successes or failures. And ACRA tried to paint like a fairly, I I wouldn't say good picture, but like a neutral picture. And that's as good as they could pretend things were going. Now, Tim's analysis, and I'm going to quote from it right here. He says, quote, While the evaluation is limited in its scope and its access to reliable data, that finding confirms earlier studies that have shown that there is little evidence that this 15-year investment in promoting market-driven development, based on expanded use of commercial seeds and fertilizers, has improved farmers' yields, income, or food security. Yields were increasing slowly and only for a few supported crops— Farmers' incomes were not rising significantly, and the number of hungry people in Agra's 13 focus countries had increased by 31%, end quote. Based on national statistics, yields in Agra's 13 countries have risen only 18% over the past 15 years, not the promised 100%. Further, crop diversity is also declining at alarming rates as Agra promotes things like GM corn and other commodity starchy crops at the expense of other more nutritious and climate resilient crops grown by indigenous African farmers.
0: What you're saying is groups like the Rockefeller Nazis. Bless you. The Rockefeller Nazis. Bless you. The Rockefeller Rockefeller Foundation, the Gates Foundation, and the U.S. government are working to push the same crops we grow here in America and they're failing in the very different climate and ecology of Africa. I mean, I could have saved them literal billions of dollars and they could have just given me that money. I would have helped and told them that, you know, none of that was going to work. Yeah. They actually tried freedom seeds. That's kind of embarrassing.
1: Yeah. And This isn't something that just, like, two random dudes on a podcast think. And this is really the crux of the problem with NGOs funded by absurdly rich people, that they basically can buy such a huge influence that what they believe goes, and everyone who challenges them quickly loses their job or any opportunity in having, like, a career. So now I want to talk about another organization, and that's SafeSci, or S-A-F-C-E-I, And yes, this is another acronym organization, but these guys are good people, and they're basically a confederation of other organizations.
0: Sorry, I lost my place. And I was also thinking about coming up with an acronym, but it doesn't like mean anything. It's just a bunch of letters.
1: Abracadabra.
0: I don't know, like KP, KPT. People like, what's that stand for? And it's like, it it doesn't mean anything. It's just, that's what the name of the company is.
1: Stands for these nuts.
0: Ooh, wow. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Um, why? Since when does it have to make sense? Elliot?
0: Accurate acronym. Acronym. Ac- I can't.
1: Acronym.
0: Acronym. It Come sounds on, it's
1: so natural. It flows right off the tongue. No, it doesn't. Acronym. I'm, I'm
0: starting to see why you left the non-profit world.
1: Yeah, it's not great for dyslexic people. So you know, no. Safe. And I don't know if that's actually pronounced that way. S. A. F. C. E. I. Uh, they wrote a public letter to donors on the failures of agro.
0: So do we think Agra even cared about this letter? Uh, it doesn't sound like their goals are actually their goals anyway, because they didn't really do much. So,
1: Yeah, probably not, but I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from it because it highlights some really interesting dynamics that we see going on. Do you like podcasts about a sustainable future? I mean a really sustainable future, not just one where we try and consume our way out of this mess. You're listening to the Borb Rolls Almanac, so I'm going to assume you do. I'm Scott, and I host the Low Tech Podcast, where we cover our research into DIY, small-scale projects like solar hot water heating, growing potatoes, and loads of other things. When you're done with this episode of the Almanac, why not get the Low Tech Podcast to listen? You can find the Low Tech Podcast on all major apps and YouTube. You can also learn about our nonprofit's research at lowtechinstitute.org. And thanks. So... I'm going to read this piece from Safe Size Public Letter, and I quote: "We, 35 organizations from the Alliance for Food Sovereignty in Africa and 174 allied organizations in 40 countries around the world, call on your agency to cease funding for the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa and other Green Revolution programs, and to support African-led efforts to expand agroecology and other low-input farming systems." Even where staple crop production did increase, there was little reduction of rural poverty or hunger. Instead, diverse, climate-resilient crops that provide a more diverse and healthy diet for rural Africans has been displaced. The role played by Agra is of serious concern for several reasons. It pursues an ill-conceived approach promoting monocultural commodity production, heavily reliant on chemical inputs at the expense of sustainable livelihoods long-term soil fertility, climate, and human development. The strategy to convert farmers to high-yield commercial seeds, fertilizers, and pesticides directly harms farmers as it increases their dependence on corporations and long supply chains for inputs and harms the environment. It also undermines resilience and increases the risks of debt for small-scale family farmers in the face of climate change. AGRA uses its financial leverage to encourage African governments to focus on boosting agricultural yields at the expense of hunger and poverty on the continent, including centuries of exploitation of the continent's people and natural resources that have not benefited Africans. With AGRA's president, Agnes Kalabata, leading the upcoming United Nations Food Systems Summit as UN Special Envoy. Agra's financial backing and influence allow its model to be wrongly presented as the way forward for the world. It is in fact part of the problem. Hundreds of organizations from around the world have denounced the Food Systems Summit as an attempt to promote more corporate-led industrial agriculture around the world along Agra's model for Africa. In June 2021, nearly 500 faith leaders across Africa sent a letter to Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to end its damaging support for industrial agriculture. The letter sent by the South African Faith Communities Environment Institute, SafeSci, rejects the foundation's current approach to food security in the face of intensifying climate crisis as doing more harm than good on the continent. End quote.
0: Okay, so that's all pretty fucked up by 2022 standards. But also, I'd like to talk about something that you sort of glossed over And I think that was that Agris president was leading the UN's food system summit. Doesn't that seem like a conflict of interest to have nonprofits funded by money from donors sitting at the table with the
1: leaders of actual nations? Oh, man, you are going to love the second half of this episode.
0: And I, I, I can tell by the way that you said that, that I'm not going to.
1: No, you're not going to actually love it. In fact, you might hate it. Six months since sending the letter and despite extensive coverage of the pre-summit, which saw more than 100 countries discussing ways to transform national food systems to meet sustainable development goals by 2030, the faith leaders in Africa have yet to receive a reply or even acknowledgement from the Gates Foundation.
0: They didn't give a shit because this doesn't really have anything to do with supporting the continent's self-determination, but rather creating new places to sell seeds and somewhere to hide bodies of Microsoft XP and Explore and, did you say Vista?
1: Oh yeah, Vista is absolutely buried somewhere in Kenya. Basically what we're seeing is that the entire project of Agra is based on using petrochemicals and pushing extractive business models, which reduces farmers to nothing more than like food factories, which shouldn't be surprising given Bill Gates' track record. This is obviously much different than the concept of meaningful stakeholders and even just basic contributors to their own fucking food. Now, Bill has used his money to drive his ego to push repeated failures at the cost of millions of lives in Africa, while also using his massive media apparatus to suck his ego's dick
0: microsoft edging (laughs) am i right
1: yes absolutely i've been
0: hanging out with you for too long i i don't like it
1: Um, no you love it
0: so are we about to talk about why bill gates sucks because i feel like that could take you a while and never like that damn paper clip like clippy thing Fuck Um,
1: clippy And you know i think that's a good note to end on like fuck clippy was his name even clippy you know what he's clippy now it's canon Yeah.
0: Fuck Clippy and Microsoft Edge and acronyms. Just say what you mean.
1: Clippy's about to get Microsoft edged off the earth. Um, Fuck Clippy. We'll be back shortly. Hopefully. I don't know how quick we're going to be able to turn these around. But second half of our content on Agra and the Gates Foundation's project of basically trying to destroy anything that resembles indigenous agriculture in Africa. All fun and exciting stuff.
0: It's going to get a little gritty. Andy had to do his thing; and be long-winded and frame this up for you so it all makes sense. Um, otherwise, yeah. this would just be me yelling into a microphone. So I th- am
1: an American, so everything I do is worth overdoing. Yeah, and freedom seeds. Freedom seeds. We got This this episode is sponsored by Monsanto and their freedom seeds. Please buy Monsanto seeds. This is a genuine call to make you buy gm-only seats that you can never save because i care about the planet
0: i don't think people are gonna listen to the podcast anymore (laughs) yeah yeah i I think this is it
1: don't listen you don't want to hear the second half of this i'm doing this for you sponsored by monsanto santo 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 dom in the
0: episode three minutes ago just cut it out is that a bomb dropping
1: This episode is not brought to you by Raytheon. They're dropping those seed bombs on Earth Day. (laughs) They are helping. Raytheon seed bombs for for Earth Day.
0: They are helping.
1: It's a, a beautiful moment of seeing companies come together. Monsanto seeds dropped from the Raytheon bombs.
0: That's the most American sentence I've ever heard in my entire life. You just have to dip it and catch up.
1: Yeah. Okay, we're really done. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. See you next time. I'm sorry next, for all Next
0: of episode, us. part two. Bye.